All views and opinions expressed in this podcast may lead to learning. All information provided is for educational and developmental purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for a growth mindset. Before taking action, please consult your motivation. This is the Teacher Talking Time podcast. I'm a, a huge advocate of, of, of videos. Once the teacher have done that a few times, have shown re- willingness to do that, it's not being forced. They, that, that video, that video observation can really help. When recording uh, via video is giving teachers the ability to pause and really give them time to reflect, mm-hmm. which is something that really doesn't happen when uh, they are being observed and the trainer is taking notes. It's much more uh, evidence-based mm-hmm. when we have the video, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it, um, it's more dialogic as well. So it's not me telling teachers what they did, right? It's uh, the video is here. So the video works as, as a medium. We can do this with students as well, can't we? Absolutely, yes. And uh, in my uh, master dissertation, I interviewed one teacher who did that uh, video-stimulated recall with students, and I found that amazing. But he was uh, using videos of classes and asking students, instead of talking to teachers, but asking his own students what they meant by certain things. I thought it was great, fantastic. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Teacher Talking Time podcast. To those of you who are new, each episode of our podcast is devoted to bringing the most recent, most innovative, and most insightful research applications into teacher education, language teaching, and language education. And if you are also new to our Learn Your English community, I have to tell you more about our new Teacher Accelerator program which is our online program for teachers all around the world who want to eliminate lesson planning, reach and help more students, teach less, earn more money without, of course, sacrificing work-life balance. Our programs help teachers reflect and develop in the most important skills they need to succeed in the information age. And it's just like your teaching isn't for everyone, our program isn't for everyone everyone. It's for someone. The program has four pillars of successful design. We have a community, we have live sessions, we have self-paced learning, and more importantly, we have lots, lots of feedback. Does this sound like you? Are you a teacher who wants to implement dogme and task-based learning in your teaching? Do you want to eliminate lesson planning? Do you want to help more students, but also work less? Do you want to transition from selling your time, teaching one-to-one, to actually focusing on outcomes and selling results? Do you want to be a business owner and not an employee? And more importantly, do you want to build and scale your teaching business? If this sounds like you, then you have a great opportunity here. 
just head over to our website, learnyourenglish.net slash schedule and book a meeting with us. We would love to have a conversation about your current situation and whether we can help you with any of these things. Today, we're very excited to have a conversation with Cecilia Nobre, and I think it's a name that many of you will recognize because her name resonates with innovation and expertise in English language teaching. Cecilia is currently enriching her academic journey as a PhD student at the University of Warwick, where she's exploring new dimensions in applied linguistics. Her experience teaching English spans over 20 years, marked by, of course, a commitment to teaching English as a foreign language. Her professional path has woven through the diverse educational tapestries of Brazil, Turkey, and the UK. Cecilia's research is driven by a passion for understanding and enhancing how teachers develop their skills. She focuses on innovative areas like video reflection and reflective practice. Her scholarly contributions include the co-authorship of Using Video to Support Teacher Reflection and Development in ELT, alongside with Steve Mann and Laura Backer. Join us as we embark on another thought-provoking podcast with Cecilia, where we explore the evolving landscape of language education and the impact of teacher development. Let's get right into it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Teacher Talking Time podcast. And uh, I'm very happy, first of all, because I have Mike and Andrew recording this podcast with me today. Hey, and hey. I can't remember the last time we've done this. I, I think we just said it was a Ken Lackman's episode. It's usually me and Andrew or just me by myself. And But today we have Mike and Andrew, and we have a really, really special guest, someone that we've been thinking about having on the podcast for a long time, but we just never really got around because she is always busy. She's always doing so many things. She was doing her MA, and now she's she she, she wrote a course on how to how to get into a PhD, and then eventually she started writing a book, and now she's doing her PhD. And I don't know how she does all of that, but ladies and gentlemen, I'm very happy to announce that today our guest is the one and only Cecilia Nobre. Cecilia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I was, I don't know, I don't even know where to start because we were talking about this earlier in in the in our conversation here before we started recording. And you have there's a lot for us to explore in this conversation today. But since this is a podcast and a podcast is some sort of video, um, perhaps we could start there because I know a lot of your research and i think your master's cecilia was also related to using videos i think that was the topic of your master's dissertation and i believe it's probably going to be potentially your forthcoming phd dissertation so can you tell us a little bit more as to why you decided to work with videos right uh i think my uh, my initial motivation was um the fact that i really like using videos myself as as a as as a teacher as a trainer i find videos uh, to have uh, huge potentials potential for um uh teacher awareness teacher noticing so more than written 
um, accounts. So, um, and I find videos uh, also reflect uh, teachers' authenticity. And um, so I find videos, um, and when I say videos, sometimes people ask me, oh, is that uh, uh, YouTube videos? No, it's videos of teachers in action, mm. teaching, or observing other teachers teaching, micro doing a micro-teaching lesson, or perhaps doing a full lesson. But uh, this is when I, uh, this is what I mean when I say videos. So it's a rec lesson recordings, mm. uh, video rec uh, uh, recordings of, of lessons, but be them online or face-to-face. And you mentioned that um, it's a, it's quite different from, say, reading text-based um, uh, analysis of teaching and whatnot, but it must still be rather engaging for the teachers. What sort of uh, processes are involved in, say, uh, this sort of video-based approach? Mm -hmm. uh, what do you mean, the process? Uh, how oh. to... So, so there is while, a framework or or something. Exactly. So, mm. so as teachers use these videos to analyze teachers um, in practice, uh, uh, what what sort of um, yeah. what sort of activities, what sort of mm. facets of teaching and learning are they paying attention to? There are different ways of using videos, right? So, uh, for example, we can use videos for peer observation. Uh, we can use videos for self reflection. So uh, there, there are different ways. Uh, lesson study, when you observe a video and then you discuss uh, the interactions uh, with other teachers. So, um, but let's, let's talk about peer observation, which is something uh, I'm very interested in, mm -hmm. uh, peer observation. Uh, so it's, it's difficult to assume that teachers know, to ha know how to observe and what to observe, mm. right? Uh, and and this is also uh, found in literature in the literature that it's we, we should not assume that teachers know how to observe so mm. um, it would be very challenging for them uh, especially if they are novice teachers to to you know to uh, um, a supervisor coming to them and say okay I want you to do um, some peer reflection peer observation you're going to work together with that teacher and go on observe their lessons it's it's would be very challenging so uh it's important for teachers to get trained into what to observe and how to to go about that um there are different frame, frameworks to mm -hmm. to to follow if they are if they feel that they need a more structured way of observing there are different frameworks we we also suggest a few frameworks in our um, in our book mm -hmm. as well. Uh, for example, um, they have to talk about the logistics. So when are they going to observe? Is it going to be an in loco observation or recorded? Mm -hmm. uh, do they work together in the same school, or are they freelance teachers who work? Mm -hmm. You know, are they in different countries, for instance? Uh, so it's important also to to organize the the logistics of the the recording, uh, and then how are they going to observe? Are they going to observe together? Are they going to observe separately? Um, what's the focus of the observation? So it's it's it should be 
discussed in advance. So teachers know what to um, what to observe, what to right. notice. So it's important to have a focus. Do I want to observe my right. peers' teacher talking time? Do I want to observe how they uh, give instructions? Mm -hmm. Do I or do I want to observe students? Do I, mm -hmm. maybe we want to divert from the teacher focus, but focus on students mm -hmm. uh, instead? So there are different. Um, things to to uh, take into consideration, I I think, when observing, when using videos. I mean, and thank thank you. Sorry to sorry to 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 jump in there. I didn't I didn't mean to to cut you off. I just thought it was really interesting that you mentioned this idea of the scaffolding element, and and I think mm -hmm. that that is quite important because certainly we make a lot of assumptions when we think of professional development. Mm -hmm. One being that, as you point out, people will know how to observe. Um, and they'll have a framework to guide them. Another is, Leo, you and I have talked about this. Another is reflection, right? That mm, we just take absolutely. it for granted that people know how to reflect, that teachers, it's a natural skill that all teachers have, but the literature mm -hmm. shows that scaffolding is required. And, and I think that it, your work is really quite quite powerful because it, it kind of speaks to that theme as well. Eh? Absolutely, yes. And, and you said something, Cecilia, that I want to, and I think it's it's important because you said that teachers need to be trained on what they should be observing. So they should be trained on observation. So there's a, there's perhaps another skill, which is observation skills. Mm -hmm. And for someone who is, let's imagine a teacher is recording himself. I've actually done that a few times and I didn't even know I was doing that, but I've recorded myself and I use that as an example of like, look at how I deal with emergent language. I think the mm -hmm. question that I think it would be important for, for a lot of people who are listening to this and teachers who are, you know, starting out with this whole idea of using videos in their own, as part of their own professional development is what should a teacher who is starting with this idea of video observation, what should be, what should they be looking out for at first? So perhaps what would be a, a good starting point for someone who wants to record themselves teaching and and then analyze and then do some sort of reflection. Um, I think first thing is, do they know how to use the tool? Mm. Do they know which tool are they going to use? That's true, right? It's 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 a bit obvious, but but not really. Uh, are they going to uh, use fo their phones, uh, the camera on their phones, or are they going to use a computer, a laptop, and use Zoom because they can do that? with mm -hmm. Zoom, for instance, right? right? Do they know how to record? So the first thing <laughs> is that, right? Because again, we should not assume that they know how to use uh, the tech that is right. available. Um, and if they need some kind of support with that, they should receive support from, from their institution or from peers. Um, and then once they are okay with that, we, they are okay with the tool, I would say that um, I I would say for novice teachers, ideally, it would be great for them to start with peer observation mm. instead of self observation, because then they can have this um, dialogic discussion mm -hmm. with a peer, and they can help each other. It I I would say the second stage could be self observation once they mm. have. Um, uh, they have done the peer observation, they have observed each other, uh, 
then perhaps they could do self-observation because um, it's it's much easier for, um, not much easier, but I, I would say it's um, it's slightly easier for novice teachers to have this critical friend and uh, especially if this person is, if this teacher is a bit more experienced mm. than them, it doesn't have to be a supervisor or um, uh, an academic uh, uh, supervisor. It could be uh, a more, uh, just a more experienced teacher, fellow yeah, teacher. Yeah, more senior teacher, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So um, they can, um, and having a pre-discussion, a pre-meeting, mm. So they can align with, you know, uh, um, they can align their objectives mm -hmm. and say, um, for example, let's say my 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 colleague is great at uh, building rapport with their students, okay, and I'm still uh, I have just started my my right. career, so I want to know the secrets of 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 that teacher. So I can choose i can ask my 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 friend can i see how you interact with students what kind of questions what kind of comments mm -hmm. you uh, uh you make in class so then um once the objective is is discussed is um uh chosen i think that's when mm -hmm. they can record uh their their classes and then vice versa Mm -hmm. The other teacher can choose another uh, topic or the the novice teacher can just observe, uh, uh, watch the lesson later. We, we record a video and audio version of this podcast and starting a podcast is a hell of a thing, let me tell you, because at first, I think mm. everyone really doesn't like the sound of their own voice. You know, it's really weird to listen to. It is, yeah. And for me, I don't know. So if you have a podcast or if you've done, or Leo, I know Leo and my office was true for you, but for me, it was really interesting, awkward, weird for me to listen to myself, not just the sound of it, but to notice words that I didn't know that I used, yes. how often I say this mm. word uh -huh. and that <laughs> word. Right. And like, oh, uh -huh. in your experience, Cecilia, with the recording of a lesson, do you find in the self-reflection part that teachers are then able to notice things that they do in class? That they didn't even know they were doing at first uh it, it's more difficult i think after uh after some time after a few recordings they get more aware of uh the things that they they you know words they usually repeat and a few mm -hmm. times uh and again if they have a person who can guide them um who can do um simulated recall i think you mm -hmm. guys know what that is right uh, no, but I, for don't, those... I don't remember what, but well, I mean, I probably know, but it's better for you to clarify because yeah, people who are listening. Stimulated recall is when, um, when there is, when, uh, two people, two teachers are rewatching the, the lesson recording and they okay. can pause and can replay and ask each other. Okay. So, oh, uh... you did, you said that. Why did you say that? Interesting. So, what uh, were you thinking at this moment? Yeah. What uh, were you thinking? Yes. And um, do you know? Do you, have you noticed that student, the B, um, looked at you this way? Did you notice that? So it's it's going back, and uh, having that 
that discussion and 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 uh, post reflection mm-hmm. after the the recording is done. So if there is a moment to do that, it's uh, it's really great for teachers to raise that awareness mm-hmm. because they might not remember. Oh, did I say? Uh, do you understand? <laughs> right. Five times. I don't remember. I don't remember. But then you can pause and show them. Yes, look. So you've you've said that five yeah. times. Sometimes like when I'm doing, uh, because I'm also a CELTA, a CELTA trainer. So I'm when I'm doing live observation without recording, I take notes of a few mm. things that teachers say. Uh, and I tell them, look, um, do you notice that you said that word a few times, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes they don't remember because, of course, in the, the heat of the moment, they, they, they don't remember what they, they have said and when they have said certain things. But if I had the video to show them, uh, not judging, but just uh, right. showing what happened. Yeah, okay? raising awareness not of raising of awareness their own exactly. Habits. Yeah. So uh, helping them notice things. Uh, it's much more memorable. It's much more memorable for them. Which is exactly what I wanted to ask you because you mentioned you you are also training teachers in a, in pre-service courses, and in I from from what I recall from my early years in pre-service courses, I don't think you record yourself you have someone observing you and they're taking notes. I think mm-hmm. I think the question that I would ask you to address would be, in what ways do you think video-based observation differs from, from the traditional observational observation methods, especially, I think, in terms of fostering the kind of self-reflection that I think it's really important for teachers and mm-hmm. in terms also of professional growth? And why do you think courses favor this kind of observation, this written observation, as opposed to a video observation? So I think the main difference is really um, uh, giving teachers, when recording uh, via video, is giving teachers the ability to re- uh, replay and uh, pause and really give them time to reflect, mm-hmm. which something that really doesn't happen when uh, they are being observed and the trainer is taking notes. They right. they don't have time to 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 think or they cannot remember a few things. Mm-hmm. If I ask them, um, why did you say that? Or right. they they might not remember. So um, it's more it's much more uh evidence based mm-hmm. when we have the video right yeah. um and i think it um it's more dialogic as well so it's not me telling teachers what they did right it's uh the video is here so the video works as as a medium right. of, of of that interaction so i think it's great to take off that responsibility mm-hmm. from 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 trainers and um having this more well having a a, a less hierarchical mm-hmm. um relationship right you know with the teachers because when the trainer is observing without any kind of tool <laughs> i think it gives them too much power <laughs> exactly it's a very good right. point really yeah it's a very good point because i was just thinking as we were saying that because if 
if they're doing what you call the peer observation and they're doing some sort of self-observation and they decide beforehand what the focus is going to be, I think in a way, it really removes a little bit of that pressure that a lot of, and I think Mike and Andrew can probably relate to this and everyone listening to this, you have probably felt really anxious when your supervisor had told you, I'm going to come into your classroom next week to observe you, mm -hmm. right? Oh, absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but I'm thinking, I think that video really does what, what you said, Cecilia, it really removes that, that power imbalance that exists yeah. when a person is just there taking, you feel like you're being judged. The reality Absolutely. is. And, Even and, if, it's so, if we say that you're not, but they know that they are. Exactly. And it's less intrusive, I think, mm -hmm. with the video. Yeah. Uh, there is a tool there, but it's less intrusive than being a, a trainer being there looking at them the whole right. time. Mm -hmm. And have you, have you recorded yourself? teaching oh, many times, times. Yeah? Yeah. and what did you yeah. what were some of the things that you found out <laughs> after watching yourself um i'm so used to watching myself in videos um <laughs> so um because because i'm I, I believe i'm more trained i i know exactly what i what i do and what i say mm -hmm. um but i would not assume that that teachers know know this uh, I know certain things that I tend to repeat. I know mm -hmm. um, that I tend to do some, you know, hand gestures a lot. Right, right. Um, um, I know that sometimes I tend to ramble on a little bit. So I, I know, um, yeah, it makes it makes those things more more noticeable to mm -hmm. me, and perhaps what I a few things that I cannot notice when i'm teaching is more on the students reactions right. so i can see more if i'm teaching online especially if the cameras are on and if i'm teaching online then i can see the students um, facial reactions and um how they respond to to some of my instructions so it gives me a greater um uh ability to notice that i would say more on them than on me. Mm, right. And also yeah. to quantify it too as, as well, right? Things like teacher talking time, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. who's speaking, how many times are they speaking? Turning, yes, equal? yeah, taking is turns, yeah. Exactly, is that equal and so on, yeah. My takeaway so far is that we just need to really normalize observation, right? And maybe mm -hmm. that's not even the right mm -hmm. word, like reflection and just like watching ourselves, peer reflection. Because you're right, there is usually, typically, stereotypically, a hierarchical imbalance, supervisor yeah. to teacher, sell to trainer yeah. to trainee, et cetera. Doesn't mean mm -hmm. those things are, are bad, but I think, I know mm -hmm. for myself, when Leo and Mike re reference, when we used to get observed, it would, it would be stressful. And I don't know if irony is the right word, but those would be the only lessons where I would actually write out an actual lesson plan. <laughs> And and then follow exactly. it rigidly because yeah. I knew I was being observed on, you know, those critical elements that you would have, per se, in a yeah. lesson. But you seem to be suggesting that you're comfortable with it. And usually we get comfortable with things when we do them frequently, when it's common, when it's just it is what happens. So maybe my takeaway is yeah. this just needs to be something that is common practice for a development tool, not as mm -hmm. a punitive measure. Absolutely. And I think the first the first recordings, the first videos. Yeah, teachers may feel a bit awkward, but um, 
uh, that tends that feeling tends to to uh, uh, to disappear as as um, as they record more sessions as they like you said that they normalize observation and they mm -hmm. understand that uh, this is for their own development it's not for mm -hmm. the the trainer to mm -hmm. to judge them so uh, mm -hmm. I would also I would also suggest that uh, when doing peer observation, this should be voluntary, not mm. compulsory. Mm. I think that's um, that's mm. that's a big uh, uh, a big factor for it to be mm. effective is um, really inviting teachers to see if they are if they are willing to do that, but not uh, forcing them to do that. Mm. It doesn't work. Huh? It's funny because Andrew, you said something interesting, and Cecilia just added to that, but. I find that those are when we are being observed and we know this is going to happen and we know that there is this imbalance, this power imbalance when you're being observed by a supervisor. And as you said, Andrew, that's when you you put on your best face, <laughs> right. you prepare your mm. best lesson. But that that little snippet that you get of that teacher, of yourself, of the, or the examiner, whoever is observing you, they're not going to get the authentic version of you. They're getting like the 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 made the up first version, date version. Of you, like all made up yes yeah. the first date version exactly <laughs> yes exactly not uh -huh. the not the person without makeup on who wakes up in the morning grabs a cup of coffee so i i think perhaps maybe by recording yourself a few times then eventually you will find that authentic version of yourself mm -hmm. teaching and i know the word authenticity really uh resonates with you because you you've done a lot of uh, of talks and workshops on on authenticity. So I think yeah. my question to you before we we jump into authenticity, but this is a good mm -hmm. segue into that, would be to what extent do you think that recording videos, observing ourselves, teaching, to what extent do you think that actually helps us understand who we really are as teachers in the classroom? Um, I'm a, a huge advocate of, of, of videos, uh, and I think, um, once the teacher, as I've mentioned before, once the, the, the teachers have done that a few times, uh, and, uh, have shown willingness to do that, it's mm -hmm. not being forced. Um, I think, um, they, that, that video, that video observation can really help um them self-reflect if they have some kind of support some kind of framework mm -hmm. um if they want to do self-reflection but with scaffolding methods mm -hmm. um i do think that uh they can um they can take they can take the videos as uh, uh, a developmental tool for mm -hmm. for their for their growth for their uh, career, and uh, because if you if you think of video as um, as as a tool, and this is something that I've suggested uh, to to teachers before, they don't need to record the videos and send to their supervisors. So let's say, and they don't need to do that in every single lesson, mm -hmm. right? They don't need to do that in every single lesson, but choose a lesson where they find themselves the most, you know, energetic or mm -hmm. uh, with a group that 
is really great to work mm -hmm. with. Um, and they can record uh, a series of videos over time, mm -hmm. over time, and then keep these videos um, uh, on a, a Google Drive folder or SharePoint, whatever. So they can, uh, after some time, they can rewatch those videos and see how they have progressed. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, and welcome to another interview with uh, Teacher Accelerator member and Jessica Diaz. Thanks for joining us today. And thank you for inviting me. When you have only one 101 lessons, one-to-one, -one, there's a limit. You're going to have a limit of students. And even if you have like 20 students, that's too much. You're going to be overworked and overwhelmed. That's not something that I wanted. I'm not leaving school to be overworked with something that's going to leave me trapped again. That's, that's the thing of having your online course because you can be at the beach selling your course. This being overworked took, took a toll on my mental health. So I was like, I want to have time to go to the gym, to spend time with my family, with my friends. And I wasn't able to do that. I wanted to help more students and I also wanted to have more time for myself and also to develop myself as a professional because I wanted to read more. I wanted to take other courses. There's so much things uh, in the tap course. Hey everyone, this is Andrew from Learn Your English. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Teacher Talking Time. You know, this podcast is just one resource that we have here at LYE to help you in your teacherpreneur journey, but I also wanted to speak about another one that we have, which is our Teacherpreneur Support Network, or TSN. TSN is a free community for emerging teacherpreneurs to plant the seeds of their businesses and watch it grow at their own pace. No rushing, no stress, but with some light accountability to help you achieve what you're actually capable of. Specifically within TSN, you'll find free support from myself, Mike, and Leo to ask specific questions pertinent to your specific situation. You'll also find a free course on setting up the pillars to grow your business sustainably and avoid key mistakes that we made in our journey over the years. You'll also get access to all of our live workshops and live events focused on course and business design. More importantly, TSN is a guide to help you set up the foundations of your sustainable online business if you're really serious about taking that step. And it's all free to help you get moving. So to see if TSN is a good fit for you, you can join the conversation with other teacherpreneurs and us by clicking the link in the show notes below or just join from our website, learnyourenglish.com to get started right away. That's learnyourenglish.com. Once enrolled over there on TSN, you'll be able to work with us directly for free and be given the guidance to set up your business the sustainable way. No magic pills, no quick fixes, no million dollar promises. Just practical foundations that help you build the balanced business you envision for yourself. Better yet, you'll be able to collaborate with others on the same path as you. You know, we like to say that it's almost impossible to move forward unless we surround ourselves with others who are on the same trajectory as us. So if you're serious about challenging yourself and you really want to take that next step, head over to TSN and get started. Once again, you can click the link in the show notes or just join from our website, learnyourenglish.com. We hope to see you over there. And now let's get back to the show.
Hi everyone, my name is Marek Kiczkowiak and I'm from Poland. You're listening to Teacher Talking Time, the Learn Your English podcast. Cześć, nazywam się Marek Kiczkowiak i jestem z Polski. Słuchacie właśnie Teacher Talking Time, the Learn Your English podcast. And just to jump into another point. Mm. Now uh, Zoom does not... Uh... Zoom videos, right? They uh, mm-hmm. it does mm-hmm. not have uh, an automatic transcript, but I know that Teams, if they record on Teams, you can have an automatic transcript. Mm-hmm. If we have the video plus the transcript, I think that's uh, a huge, a great combination because they have the the video. Although it's not perfect, uh, the transcript is not perfect, mm-hmm. but it can be useful with the transcript. I uh, um I think yeah. the the two can work wonders. And what can, I think the question that teachers will probably be thinking is, what can they do with that transcript? Mm-hmm. They can do, we could jump to some conversation analysis mm-hmm. as well. Um, for example, they can work, they can they can analyze their, their teacher talking time, mm-hmm. the type of language that they use, um, how the students react. So they can analyze um, um, short dialogues they mm-hmm. have with like students. the interactions, right? The interactions, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, really of course, they would have to revisit the transcript because they are not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, it does not recognize some, some words or some uh, types of accents. But... Um, I think it's a great, it's a great tool. Amazing. I can see this be really, really useful. Like we give all, I'm sure all teachers give like reflection journals and things to their students and we can do the same thing for ourselves. And you mentioned earlier about mm-hmm. obviously not watching for everything because that's impossible and probably not productive. Yeah. And I can see yeah. teachers saying, well, my classes are very long. I'm not going to watch the whole recording. I imagine that's not the idea, right? Where you take a 15 minute no, segment. No, not at or, all a 20 minute segment and focus on, you know, like you said, giving instructions or, or Mm -hmm. even looking at student reactions. Right. I know for me, giving Mm -hmm. instructions was a weak point of mine, especially when Mike, Leo and I started Mm -hmm. working together and you'd give instructions and then nothing would happen. And then you're like, huh? Yeah. I mean, you get real time feedback, (laughs) but then you can't like see yourself give the instruction, right. Go back in time. So I can see how that would be really, really useful. Yeah. And and if you think about it, I was actually just it, this kind of video observation, this idea of recording yourself, analyzing, it's a very um I wouldn't say abnormal, but it's it's really out of the box type of yep. professional development because normally you think so? what mm. I, I I think so because whenever I talk to teachers they always think about professional development is attending workshops, attending mm. workshops or reading. It's always the same kind of thing. Right. I don't think, I don't think, I mean, again, this is just my experience in my 20 something years of teaching. I don't think I know many teachers who actually have recorded themselves and spent some time analyzing. So they mm. know what they're like in the classroom because you're basically putting up a mirror in front of you and you're like, ooh, mm-hmm. now I have to like look at myself <laughs> in the classroom. Yeah. It's true. Very yeah. few people have done that. I don't know if Mike and Andrew would agree with me, but I don't think a lot of teachers understand this as a form of professional development because professional development is always very much top down. And this mm-hmm. is a more bottom up type of professional Absolutely. development. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And and I think part of that, Leo, is, is due to how they're socialized into the profession, right? Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. they're they're socialized when they do their tests or their CELTER certificates or or 
equivalent certificates um, when they when they're teaching when they're doing their practicum it's because they're doing that and they're being observed to be assessed um, yeah. when they enter their professional field when is the only time that you're observed well during your work performance review so mm-hmm. you're being observed to be assessed right yeah. so so if but if they were socialized differently so for example observations are a part of the field it comes with the territory mm-hmm. being yeah. able to observe your own teaching and reflect on it is not something that is done to 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 test or assess your ability mm-hmm. or performance it's done because it's expected just like nurses are monitored when they give health care yeah. to make sure just like doctors yeah. and surgeons have their surgeries recorded so that they can um, improve and develop right it's just it's part of the profession but we're not it's I don't think many teachers are socialized that way therefore yeah. it it keeps this this negative um, connotation yeah. that, that Andrew was describing earlier and I think so part of that's on us yeah. as mm-hmm. teacher educators to really um, change that mindset that no observation is part of the calling it's part yeah. of how one becomes a better teacher now I think what you said it's important to change the mindset Mike mm-hmm. um, I think it's a change of mindset and really um, um, get teachers to understand that this is this is for for them and uh, it's not a waste of time mm-hmm. because they might some of them might think oh I'm oh, I've I work 10 hours a day and how how am I going to why am I going to observe myself so um, right, right. And, and show them it's not a waste of time it, it doesn't have they don't have to they don't have to observe a full lesson mm-hmm. they can observe a f- 15 minute uh, 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 micro teaching mm-hmm. uh, moment or a 10 minute it doesn't have to be so it's really showing that it is possible uh, to to incorporate that kind of um, professional develop development method uh, in their daily lives, mm-hmm. and it mm, it wouldn't be yeah. a, an extra burden for them. And I hope it's it's not an extra burden. So my 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 hope is to to show teachers that it is it is valuable. It is, it's worth it. And um, it shouldn't it is be professional pro- development, right? It's professional I, yeah. development because they don't see that as professional development. Yeah. That normalized word yeah. keeps coming back, doesn't it? Like, just make it normal, make it something that's common practice. Like, it's a very it might sound negative, exactly. but teaching is kind of like a very lonely profession, you know. Like, I mm-hmm. joke that mm-hmm. we, if you work at a school or institute, wherever you work with 20 teachers, let's say, but you don't yeah. actually work with them, like, you don't go into the classroom with them, you don't actually do and you, you on break time, lunchtime, yeah. after go for lunch, mm-hmm. go for dinner, but you don't actually work together in very rare circumstances, right. right? And we're in the classroom alone, and I think a lot of us like that. We like the autonomy, it's great, that's nice. But it's, you know, I think, and maybe that's part of the res- resistance might be too strong, but just it's not normalized to have somebody else in mm-hmm. there that's not a student. But I think it's, it, mm-hmm. it's such a great opportunity to observe things. And these days with the internet and everything, I mean, Leo mentioned it might yeah. not be, but not, not have done it before, but it would be really hard or more obstacles to bring a camera to school, set it up, do it. Yeah. But now with Zoom and online classes, and even like l- tools like Loom, where you can send a video to mm-hmm. or share with a colleague, and then I can record a quick five-minute Loom video in response. You don't, it doesn't even have yeah. to be in the same online room at the same time. It can even be asynchronous that way. It seems like lots of opportunities That's, to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we very rarely 
Sorry, Leo, but we very rarely talk about teaching. When teaching, when teachers get together, what do they talk about <laughs> typically? We talk about our shifts. We talk about the, the students with the textbook. We talk about yeah. the students. Talk about right. We talk about That's the true. facilities or something. You never talk we about don't talk about teaching. the craft of teaching. And yeah. I think true. this idea of videos, short videos, as Andrew said, longer, more inter engaging kind of videos that you're going to analyze for a whole class. I think, um, yeah, I think that's certainly a great way to start finally talking about teaching. Yeah. Do, do you find, Cecilia, that this is because you are probably more entrenched in the in the field now of use because you're you wrote a book about video. We're going to talk about that book as well. But do you find that teachers perceptions of using videos? Do you think this is changing in your opinion? What do you think? I think so. Yes, I think it's 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 changing. Uh, we we have spoken to different teachers. We have read different uh, different papers. Um, um, I think it's it is it is changing, and they uh, they they are finally they they have finally realized that uh, it it is doable. It is doable. It is, um, and it puts them in the center of uh education it's it's a hundred percent teacher centered mm -hmm. um as you said leo it is bottom up not top mm -hmm. down so um and it, it gives teachers uh autonomy and responsibility of their own professional development so um but i think there's still uh uh um there's still work to be done in yes. terms of disseminating this this work and and the use of, of video recording lessons uh, for professional development. I already picture a, in my I always think in terms of courses, like my brain fun functions in terms of courses. <laughs> I already see a very good course where you know first module is we're going to show you how to record videos we introduce you to the tools the second week we pick one specific topic for you to record and observe and then write a report on that i feel like mm -hmm. this would be um a good way to also eventually um as you said um spread or make it or normalize mm -hmm. the video uh to support teacher reflection and development which is actually um, the title of your, of the of your most uh, recent book, the one that you published with uh, uh, Steve yeah. Mann and uh, Laura Becker. Yes, yes, okay, I co-wrote. Please don't say that I wrote. Co-wrote <laughs> with Laura and Steve. Yes, which the title so again? Weird. Yes, using oh, video to support teacher Let reflection me. and development in ELT. Yeah. Oh yeah, look at that. That I'm still waiting for Beautiful. our copy here. We should get we should be getting review copies for this. Links podcast. in the show notes, everyone. Go down to the show notes. The links are there. There we go. The link yeah. is I'll there. I'll make sure. I'll make sure. So Cecilia, I think my question to you then would be what what motivated you to to write a more, I think, from what I've read and I I, I read about the book and I read a few other things online. What inspired you? What motivated you to write a practitioner-friendly text on the use of video in in teacher learning, especially considering the the amount of research articles on the topic. Mm -hmm. To do you mean to write the book? To, yeah. To co-write the book. Well, um, I was actually invited to okay. co-write the book by Steve Mann, who is who was my my um, MA supervisor, and he's also my PhD supervisor. So oh. I think he has seen my 
my passion for using video. And that's also one of his research interests as well. Oh. So I think that was a, a perfect match. Um, and uh, he invited me because he wanted uh, me to bring some fresh ideas. Mm -hmm. I remember his his words. And I was I was humbled and honored to 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 get this invitation and to um, co-write this book with Laura, who is a who is a great great teacher educate uh, educator based in the U.S. Mm -hmm. there near near you uh, in New York, and they have worked together, Laura and Steve. Mm -hmm. And then Steve invited me to. Uh, to bring more more fresh ideas, especially especially from the classroom. So mm -hmm. I interviewed some uh, teacher trainers who who uh, were using videos. I spoke to John Hughes as mm -hmm. well, teacher trainer who uses videos. Uh, I spoke to Taylor Vega as well. So there are some vignettes um, in the book mm -hmm. from. Uh, from, from teachers, teacher trainers, teacher educators who use videos in different ways in mm -hmm. supervision, in their uh, training session. And they talk about the, the, the benefits, the challenges that they face when using video. And uh, I think that was my motivation. I mean, my, my, my motivation to accept the, yeah. the invitation was that um, I knew that I wanted to by that time, I knew I was not doing my PhD. I knew right. I wanted to pursue my PhD, and I knew I wanted to investigate more um, about videos. So I thought, yeah, this this is this is perfect. Um, hard work, but <laughs> but good good hard congrats. work. Congrats, yeah, yeah, congrats on that. I think Congratulations. my what yeah. what are some? Uh, I'm actually curious because you've mentioned that John Hughes, uh, Taylor Vega, they are always using videos examples. Can you perhaps, without giving too many spoilers so people can actually read the book, can you yes. give us some examples or perhaps even a case study that highlights how these people are using video in the classroom? Mm -hmm. uh, let me see if I remember, John. He was talking about, uh, he talked about video uh, observation in um, um, for, let me see if I remember, uh, for... He he talked about different types of templates that teachers can use, and something that that we've mentioned before: templates and frameworks that teachers can use when observing a lesson through video. Mm -hmm. um, because he has he has done several uh, observations as as a trainer, and he has also interviewed teachers. I think for for his own books that he mm -hmm. has published, right. uh, and Taylor Vega also talked about the uh, the challenges and the the affordances that video video offered for uh, um, uh, for her as mm -hmm. as a, a a trainer in the Trinity. Mm -hmm. So saw and the deep saw as well, right. especially mm -hmm. during the pandemic, because right. we started using uh, videos um, yeah. observation during the pandemic. So many teachers, many educators mentioned how they 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 highlighted how videos, uh, recording of videos were um, important in their mm -hmm. in their work during the pandemic. 
It's funny because, I mean, I feel like ever since the pandemic, we do everything through video. Everything. It's yeah. it's amazing how much like we cons- I consume most of my content is through videos as well. Uh-huh. If you're on Instagram, if you're on LinkedIn, there's so much there in terms of videos. We do webinars. There's all kinds yeah. of things. So a lot of our communication is being done through video, but very few people actually have a very good awareness of how they actually present themselves through through video. And one of the things you've mentioned in the book. And I think I want to talk about this because I think Mike is going to like, and I think the word is professional development in the wild. Okay. Because <laughs> we yeah. like the term in the wild. In the wild. Yeah. I'm, yes. I, I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Can not you... sure if this was coined by Steve Mann, but I remember reading that the first time in uh, Steve Mann and Steve Walsh's book, uh, Reflective right. Practice. This one, <laughs> this is also one of my Bibles, <laughs> so this one. Uh, and in this book, this is uh, uh, published in 2017, there is reflection in the wild. And mm. I was caught by that that term as well. And I wanted to know what it, um, sorry, sorry, what it meant. Uh, but it basically means that um, uh, videos in the wild or reflection in the wild means that it's not reflection does not take place only in uh within the the uh, within a school or mm-hmm. an institution so it can be done um it can be done uh in an informal setting mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be you know uh, um set up in a school it can be done in an informal setting between teachers or they don't even have to work for school. They can be freelance teachers mm-hmm. and uh, that can be set up. So this is the, the in the wild, um, what it means. It's, it's it. more formal. <laughs> it's, it I hope it's not mis- misleading. No, no. no I think, oh, I think it, the... it cuts right to the point, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a great phrase. Yeah, I think maybe in the wild also has this connotation that is led by the teacher in a way, mm. right? Like yeah. you, you're doing it whenever you want, anytime you want, whatever class you want. It's not predetermined, which is more of it's that top-down pre- model, right? Exactly. If yeah. we go further yeah. into the wild, I don't know, into the jungle, I'm assuming, I know your focus is on teacher development, but Leo likes to talk about transferability a lot. Right. I'm assuming, I could be wrong, that... Teachers can learn this if we call it a skill, apply it to themselves, but then also transfer it to their own students. And we can do this with students as well, can't we? Absolutely, yes. And uh, in my uh, master dissertation, I interviewed one teacher who did that uh, video stimulated recall with students. And I found that amazing. Uh, He he was carrying out uh, his own PhD and uh, he was looking at how students reacted. I don't remember exactly, but he was uh, using videos of classes and asking students, instead of talking to teachers, but asking his own students um, what they meant by wow. certain things. I thought it was great, fantastic. Very no nice. wonder he had great rapport <laughs> with, with his students. Great, great rapport. Mm. Yeah, but absolutely, Andrew. Yes, we can absolutely do that with students. And I would like to do more with with student uh, student teachers in my case. 
but mm -hmm. uh, teachers can do that with their students. Um, it's important to have consent, of course, yeah, yeah. if they work in a school, to um, have uh, written consent from um, students. If they are under 18, they should have consent from parents or guardians as right. well. Hmm. I never thought about that. It would be really nice to actually Amazing. record your students yeah. and then go through this with them because I feel like a lot of the times students don't even know who they are as students. Mm -hmm. and I think there is there is um, uh, um, perhaps a bit of a of a mismatch because I feel like a lot of people think they know they are they think they're good students, but when they're in the, in a classroom, they haven't really had a chance to observe themselves in a classroom as a student responding right. to questions interacting that's right i never really thought about but that. also we assume a lot of things about mm -hmm. our students right we assume that uh perhaps one student who is yawning we assume that oh he's lazy or <laughs> or maybe not maybe they they've had a, a, a very you know went tough through a divorce day last night yeah. or, or yeah. yeah and it's, it has nothing to do with you so um it's. I think it's also great to to open our eyes and and mm -hmm. uh, be less judgmental of our students and really, yeah. you know, by asking them, by having this conversation with them, really being able to listen without yeah. interrupting them and and, and uh, get to know our students more deeply. I think it's right. a it's a great tool. Hmm. Yeah. And one of the things you talked about in the book, Cecilia, it's you mentioned this concept of context-sensitive noticing, and I think we mm -hmm. we know what noticing is. But in in relation to video, so you 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 talk about that in the blurb of the book, context-sensitive noticing relation to video. Perhaps you could elaborate on this and maybe explain to us what is the significance of this in teacher learning. Mm -hmm. uh, the context-sensitive noticing is when um, uh, when teachers are more aware of the, the, the context where they are in and um, they, they understand what's, they, they understand things that usually go unnoticed in the classroom. And uh, depending on, for example, depending on the, the topic of the lesson or depending on the, the types of students they have, so uh, video can be more eye-opening in, in this sense. I don't know if, if I'm making myself clear So So perhaps not. an example of context sensitivity noticing would be perhaps noticing how um, students react to instructions. Would that be an example of context yes. sensitivity, sensitive yes. noticing? Yeah, anything really, Any, anything. Um, for example, it could be uh, the way students uh, talk among themselves mm -hmm. and we are not sure of what they are talking about. Right. So uh, perhaps through video, we can have a, a, a greater awareness of right. that or we can hear what they what they say. So it's it's really important to um I'm talking here about trying to be unbiased when mm -hmm. when observing something and when when noticing something. It's really to to step back mm -hmm. and and um and and have a, a, I know it's very you know it's easier said than done, 
but uh, trying to 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 eliminate that that bias and and really try mm. to understand what is going on to be more prescriptive as well to be mm. able to describe things without judging right hmm. interesting i was hmm. okay because what i'm thinking and mm. i don't know if this is related to context sensitive noticing it would be really interesting especially if you're working with emergent language or if yeah. you're working with task-based language teaching and I, I'm going to separate the two here very briefly, just just to for the sake of of argument. That if you are doing context sensitive noticing within a dogma lesson, mm -hmm. what I think you could do is you could see how students react to your reformulation of what they said, whether or not that reformulation is somewhat aligned with the with, meaning that they were trying to express. They were trying to convey. Yes, it could be that. Yeah. It could also be with task based language teaching. The way I see it, from my understanding here, would mm -hmm. be. Are the students actually negotiating meaning doing this task? Uh -huh. Because that's one of the main reasons why task-based language teaching leads to better acquisition is this idea of learners constantly negotiating meaning. So, so the context-sensitive noticing in relation to video could focus primarily on these things within these two um, approaches. Or, or absolutely, or, yeah, yeah. Huh. Very interesting. But I. I find that there are a lot of challenges with 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 that. So I think it would be interesting to hear you elaborate more on perhaps what would be some of the the challenges that I think teachers educators might face when when trying to implement video-based professional development and how do you and how does the book addresses these challenges? Uh-huh. So first there are the the technical challenges as um right. we've mentioned before uh it's it's using the 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 equipment using the tools which tools do do teachers feel most comfortable with uh if they work at a school which tools are um allowed <laughs> to to be used there because that's another uh that's another thing right uh are they going to use um are they going to use microphones or just the videos? So there's a there sometimes there's an issue with the quality of the video as well. Um, so um, I've seen teachers using um, what's the name of that small microphone that you put here? Um, that you, um, you... Clip on microphone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I've seen maybe. teachers using that mic, which which is great if they can use it. It's great. But um, so the first one would be the technical issues. Um, another technical issue is, uh, OK, if they're going to record a series of videos, where are they going to store that? So storage is, is a big thing. Are they going to store on um, um, like a, cloud? A, a platform on the cloud or yeah. um, or Google Drive, or if the school has the the, the SharePoint um, mm -hmm. uh, storage, so uh, that's that's another thing because videos can be quite quite big, yeah. right? And sharing yeah, files. is this um, it can be it can be challenging. So um, mm -hmm. this is the these are the technical issues that that we cannot overlook. We cannot mm -hmm. overlook. 
Um, and then in terms of um, other challenges would be really to how can teachers fit video uh, video recording um, peer observation into their daily schedules, uh, into their, their life as a teacher without them becoming a, a burden for, for the teachers. So that's, um, that's another challenge. Um, what else? Um, uh, the other one is, again, if they're doing peer observation is to really find um, in the longer, in the, in the long run, mm. it can be sometimes, some teachers find it time consuming to commit to um, a scheme, for example, a peer observation scheme that perhaps takes, um, let's say, six months. So um, it can be a problem, right? Um, committing to something more long-term. Right. So um, because, you know, teachers might leave their profession. They teachers might have to... commitment issues. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. Absolutely. There might be staffing so... constraints too, right? Yeah. yeah. That are under yeah. control. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there are a few issues in, in terms of that. Um, do they have support from mm. from their school if they are working at the school? Do they have support to do this self-reflection, this, this peer observation? Um, is it part of the school culture mm -hmm. or not? Or are they doing that on their own? So there are a few um, challenges. Yeah. Especially, especially if... It's not part of the culture. It's not part mm. of. It's not normalized, right? That's I think right. Other yeah. people, it would be perhaps even frowned upon mm -hmm. um, if you were to do that. And I don't think many institutions seem to encourage that kind of reflection for teachers. I find that it's especially in the places that I'm currently, you know, working here and there. It's still very much the top down. Is the institution determining is, what yeah. teachers are going to be? focusing on but let's imagine and i think a lot of teachers who are listening to this episode of the podcast probably are thinking about giving this a try i go yeah yeah so uh, for this teacher who is thinking about starting recording their lessons what what are some perhaps best practices for teachers who want to start video based observations for their professional development this person mm -hmm. wants to start what would you tell them like you should start with this Mm -hmm. Right. I would say, um, first, if possible, talk to the, uh, talk to this school um, director, see if you have support from the school, because this would be great. Um, try to, uh, try to see if the school is interested. And if, if they are, if it's frowned upon, um, it's good to have some um, argument. <laughs> be, be prepared to try to sell. Pick <laughs> your battle. Yeah. yeah. Give your sales skills while sell. we do it. Yeah. Your pitch. Yeah, yeah. You got to pitch it to the pitch sure. this idea. Mm -hmm. Why not? Right. We 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 can only try. We can yeah. only try. So um, if they have support, that would be even better because then it means they. It, it's easier to record the lessons it's easier to schedule um this this uh peer observation um practice so it makes things easier so my first piece of advice would be this one 
see if you you know look for support from from your team leader or 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 manager uh the second one is think about the tools think about mm -hmm. the tools you're going to to use how are you going to uh and that goes to the very basics of uh video recording are you going to record uh lessons online are you going to record with your uh phone mm -hmm. uh so think about that the 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 equipment do you know how to use your phone do you know how to record do you know uh do you do you have a place in your classroom where you can um put your phone there and and get a good view of the classroom are you going to focus on yourself or are you going to focus on the classroom uh as a whole because there are different positions right mm -hmm. where you can uh leave the the camera Right. Um, some teachers might want to focus on on themselves only, or, mm -hmm. or some teachers might want to focus on the classroom interaction. So they have to choose uh, uh, these things. Right. Um, what do they want? Why do they want to do it? Mm -hmm. Why do they want to do it? How do they want to do it? Which tools are they going to use? Are they are they tech savvy enough to do that, mm -hmm. or do they need some help? Um, and then um, I would suggest them to initially use a framework mm. for uh, self-observation or for uh, peer observation. And where would they find this framework? Would they have well, to buy the book, I guess, right? <laughs> the book. There you go. There Talk you about go. pitching. Yeah, That's a good yeah, pitch yeah. right there. <laughs> no, but seriously, they can they can also uh it's just it's just a, a, a kind of guidance, but they can mm -hmm. also discuss this can be uh um created by teachers, a kind of checklist mm -hmm. or um uh, a peer observation scheme. It can be created by teachers as well. Mm -hmm. How are they going to do the pre-meeting, the the the, the pre-conference right. and during during the video, uh, some some guidance, some questions that they can um, ask themselves, ask teachers, and the post. So it's basically the pre, the the the, the while. viewing, yeah, the while, the viewing, and the post meeting. Right. Maybe just um, a, a good a good better best scale, right? It's good or it's better it. or it's best, and you can yeah. reflect. And I like that those yeah. three things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you notice in in the yeah. Celta world, Cecilia, where where you're training? I know Celta is not like everyone independent operates independently, but where you're doing it and you're training, I guess a two part question. Do you notice any difference in doing this, whether it's an online class or in person? And then two, within this, you're a Celta universe. You know, do you see this either a Have you started using this? You general you or b Do you see it? gaining some steam um i haven't no i have unfortunately i haven't uh, started using it because i'm doing the celta uh face to face and uh, yes okay. i i'm thinking of of uh suggesting that to to my manager the uh the video recordings uh of trainees but um i think it's something that can 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 emerge can emerge uh even in face to face um teacher training i think it it can can emerge absolutely can 
can become more, uh, it can gain more traction uh, over time. Nice. Right. Hope so. That's good. Yeah. Well, if I hope uh, so too. <laughs> if anyone yeah. wants to learn more about video observation, you should definitely get a copy of the book Using Video to Support Teacher Reflection and Development in ELT with Laura Becker, Steve Mann, and Cecilia Norway. Maybe we should get Steve on the podcast eventually <laughs> to I talk more about love that it. Yeah. in the wild. Yeah, maybe we will. Yeah. Maybe we'll, I'll shoot you a message. But before we say goodbye, I think one of the questions that I wanted to ask, and this is actually a, a, a very random question. I never ask, I never tell anyone what I'm going to ask. Okay. I know, but it's just a, you know what it is, right? Andrew knows the question. It's my, it's my, it's my staple question. Now. Yeah. <laughs> if you could have an enormous billboard anywhere with anything on it, metaphorically speaking, of course, getting your message out to millions or billions of people, what would it say and why? It Ooh. could be a few words. It could be a paragraph. What would it be? What would it be? That's that's a big question. Um, and it has not to do with video. I would say don't, you know, you think you know your students, but you, you don't really. Don't make assumptions about your students. Okay. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. That is a powerful message. <laughs> Cecilia. A bit of a challenge, but yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cecilia, thank you very much for uh, taking the time to talk thank to us. Thank you so much, guys. For coming on the podcast. It was a we pleasure. Yeah, we've been wanting to do this for a long time, so we're glad to have you here, finally. And uh, to those of you who listen to the Teacher Talking Time podcast, don't forget, if you want to learn more about using video to support teacher reflection and your own development, get a copy of the book. We're leaving the link and more information about Cecilia, where you can follow her on Twitter. Not Twitter, X now, apparently. Uh, on X, on uh, apparently now the new the new platform for everyone is linkedin everyone is LinkedIn, on the din yeah. yeah and uh cecilia once again thank you very much for for coming on the show and uh we hope to bump heads eventually soon thank you so much everyone thank you guys for inviting me it's it's been a pleasure to, to talk to you You've been listening to Teacher Talking Time, brought to you by Learn Your English. Ready to take control of your education? You're in the right place. Teaching, professional development, learning. Expand your world with Learn Your English.